What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Monkey Finance Show podcast. And in today's episode, I kind of want to recap uh, the stock market for the month of September. Um, I know I've been missing pretty much for the whole month, so I'm trying to catch up on content. Uh, I've just been doing some initial research. I really don't know what's been going on in the market, but I've been doing some just the initial research. And I happen to see that you know the S&P 500 today closed at 4,300. Um, I know the last time I checked in, I think the S&P was at like 45, 45.5, something like that. So it's been a significant drop this past month. Uh, it's down about four, four and a half percent. Um, but it's not the only uh, part of the market that's down. So unfortunately, international has been hit a lot too. Uh, this past month, international is is down 6.25%. And then also technology and uh, large cap growth. So the QQQs, uh, they've been hit just as bad. Um, QQQs down negative 7.72% for the month of September, uh, or basically in the last month. And um, the fund that I always like to talk about and make fun of, ARC, um, ARK Invest, is down negative 14% uh, this past month. So that's pretty interesting. You know, most of the stock market is trending red. Obviously, growth has been hit harder. I know that, you know, uh, bond yields, 10-year treasury yields have been rising. So that means bond prices are falling. Uh, but that uh, anytime uh, the yield starts to rise, usually t- the tech sector or growth gets uh, affected really quickly. Uh, but what's interesting is um, small cap value. So small cap value, while all this is going on in the market, uh, the past month, small cap value is actually up. So uh, the fund that I own, VIOV, is up uh, 1.3% uh, for the past month, which is pretty good compared to some of the some of the uh, numbers I just gave you. And uh, unfortunately, the uh, FISVX fund is not as good, but it's still up 0.19%. It's still not, you know, negative four, negative five, negative seven, or in ARC's case, negative uh, 14. So, you know, it's... It's not as important that we look at this month-to-month data and make any kind of decisions because it really um, doesn't give us a, a broader picture. But I think it's safe to say, you know, the market is kind of entering its first um, little correction that's kind of been long overdue. Now, it hasn't even hit 5%, so this isn't... Um, a major correction in the month. I mean, 4.5% is still uh, considered pretty normal. Uh, but since basically March of 2020, we haven't seen any kind of big dips of 10 or 15%, uh, basically since March of 2020. So that's a long time, uh, 18 months now of really just green markets. Um, so this is long overdue. Um, my prediction as far as what I think is going to happen, it's even possible that the market might continue in this downward trend and maybe have another 5 or 6% correction so that we can finally kind of piece together a little bit of a negative 10% correction. Does that mean you should go running for the doors or the exits? Absolutely not. Um, we always put on our long-term investor hats here on the Monkey Finance uh, Show podcast. We don't make any decisions based off uh, short-term performance or short-term volatility. Um, as a matter of fact, we just embrace it. Um, I look forward to these days. I have another deposit that I'm waiting on clearing on the 5th or the 6th, I'm sorry. As soon as that money clears, 
I'll be putting in another $10,000 into the market. So I'm just like anxiously waiting for that to clear, um, hoping that there's going to be more red. But, you know, people, uh, I know people have this uh, a difficult time handling big red numbers. Um, and because I've been gone September, I haven't really had uh, opportunities to give you guys pep talks. Uh, but now that I'm back, I know it's October now, but at least uh, now that I'm back, I can kind of walk you through this and say, hey, it's going to be okay, guys. It's it's going to be okay. I know you've seen some red. I've lost over $5,000, as you'll see in my portfolio review tomorrow, uh, this past month. Uh, but that's okay. You know, it's in d- during March of 2020, I lost like $25,000. So it's like, well, it's not a loss. I shouldn't say loss. I'm just saying it's it's been in the red. Um, you know, those things come and go. It's perfectly normal. As long as you don't do anything, you're going to make it out on the other end. If you start to tinker now, this is the worst time that you can tinker with your portfolio or make some changes. If you start to uh, change uh, based off what you're seeing now, you're guaranteed to lock in losses, one, and you're guaranteed to make a mistake probably because, and I hate using the word guarantee, but it's true, uh, because once you start making changes based off emotion, chances are in a few months this thing will flip and it'll start going back up and then you're going to be, you're basically shooting yourself in the foot. You're like, oh, why did I do that? Um, So just hang out, chill out. If it's difficult to watch, turn it off. Um, I've kind of had to force myself to turn off now with the, with the newborn. I really haven't been on my phone much and haven't really been paying attention to the market. I just did some basic reading. Um, think about, you know, sometimes it's better just not to know. Um, for the past three weeks, I didn't know what the market was doing. So I didn't have uh, uh, any urges to do anything. Not that I ever do anything based off what the market's doing. But I'm just saying, you know, if 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 you find yourself in that boat, it, sometimes it's better just not to know. Um, in other news today, I also noticed that technology is starting to uh, really get hit. Facebook, Apple, um, let me see if Tesla was down too big. But I know I noticed, I know Facebook had the whole issue where they, um, they were uh, offline or something today. I don't have Facebook. I don't use social media for personal use. So I don't know what happened there, but um, Facebook looks like it was down today 5%. Um, and then also Apple stock, I believe was down um, 2.5%. So yeah, you know, you have these technology stocks that kind of overvalued. Tesla wasn't down, uh, but you have these, you know, technology stocks that are kind of overvalued and it's kind of time for them to come back to earth. So don't be surprised. You know, some of these stocks are driving the market. These are huge S&P 500 stocks, Apple and Facebook. They're in the top five of the S&P 500. So don't be surprised when the market goes red, when, you know, these stocks make up a big chunk of the S&P 500. Um, and so does the technology sector. Um, I've been kind of waving the red flag on technology since last September. So almost a year now I've been saying, and I'm kind of curious to see what technology has done in the past year uh, since I started kind of waving my flag. So, okay, in the past year, the technology sector, and I'm just using VGT, uh, is up 26%. Let's compare that just to the old SPY for the past year to see uh, SPY is up 26%. So the technology sector is done as good as the market. No surprise. Um, small cap value though, if I just look at VIOV for the past year is up 58.68%. So it's double the returns of the market, double the returns of the technology sector. So yeah, yeah, there's definitely more of a shift towards, towards small and value in the past year. Um, I know now kind of value has 
especially small value since about March has kind of peaked and just been flat. It's actually since the peak in March 15th, it's down 4%, but um, it's pretty much flat. It's trading sideways. That's okay. You know, that's normal. Uh, small cap value had a huge run up from the bottom of March of 2020 to um, March of uh, 2021. Small cap value was up 131% in that one year span. So yeah, since it peaked then, it's just kind of been uh, sideways. But that's, again, nothing too crazy. Uh, just if you're buying for the long term, dollar cost average, buy when you have money. Uh, don't worry so much about if you're buying the dip or not. It's kind of sideways. If you if you do want to be a little bit of a market timer and you see a four or five percent correction, um, that's fine. I just don't encourage a lot of people to hoard cash uh, for a two or three percent correction because sometimes that's going to bite you if if the market goes on a tear um, and then you're just kind of waiting for your two to three percent correction, but you're missing on on the all the upside. So I've always been a big fan of get the money in as soon as it clears, as soon as you have the cash available. Um, if you do want to save some cash for, for a rainy day fund or for some other uh, large purchases like I do, and then you know you see a big 10, 15, 20% correction in the market, and you want to deploy that cash and then resave it later, I'm, I'm fine with that. But you know these two to three percent dips it's it really doesn't make sense to 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 sit in cash and wait for it uh because you know the market can really get get away from you when you do that and uh i would hate for you to then have to just keep sitting in cash but just want to remind you guys the market for the year so far in 2021 i know we still have a couple of months to go but it's still up 16.21 percent for the year um which is really good numbers um, that's above average. It's not the market doesn't do that every year. And then last year was was another great year for the market. So you know, just zoom out a little bit. If you're if you're worried about um, uh, what's going on in the market in the past month, zoom out a little bit because we're still up. Um, and I guarantee. Well, I don't want to say I guarantee, but you know, I guarantee. Actually, I will guarantee that you know eventually it will come crashing back down. So it's it's. It, it's something we can't avoid. So just hang in there, guys. Um, that's my pep talk to you. Hang in there. Uh, and don't, don't, don't make any changes. A lot of people, uh, find it necessary to make changes to stop the bleeding. Um, they want to put a tourniquet on their portfolio and, Instead of you know putting a tourniquet and stopping the bleeding, what you're doing is you're you're constricting the blood flow and you're not letting your portfolio um, uh, sort of do what it's designed to do, which is go up and down with the market. So hang in there. You know, I try to uh, be encouraging in the Discord as well to let you guys know, hey, it's gonna be okay. Um, it's all gonna be okay. Just do not do not make any emotional decisions. That's when you know when the emotions come out. That's when mistakes come out and that's when people uh, uh, that are not really long-term investors but say they're long-term investors show their true colors when they when the market you know goes in a little bit of a, of a correction now also um, we'll be putting out a video I believe it should hopefully be out tomorrow I'll be editing it sometime tonight one of my many goals uh, in this sleepless nights that I've been having is to edit my video but I'm going to touch a little bit on the performance of my fidelity portfolio in this episode as well. Um, as I mentioned, I've kind of had a rough uh, had a rough month in my um, in my fidelity portfolio. Uh, it is still sitting at a hundred. Well, at the time of now, uh, at the time of the update video, it was one hundred forty four, but now it's one hundred forty three, four hundred eighty dollars. 
Um, the month of September was probably the uh, the roughest month that I've had. I lost five thousand six hundred seventy four dollars in the month of September. Again, that was on a balance um, of one hundred forty one thousand. So my beginning balance was one hundred forty one thousand, and my ending balance was one hundred forty one thousand. Uh, I basically just turned around and deposited five thousand five hundred bucks back. So whatever I lost. Uh, in the market, I just deposited. Um, that's how I operate. Um, I like to, I hate to see my portfolio balance go down. And when it goes down, I just replenish it with more cash. Now, this cash um, was designated for, for my son's 529 account. So that's where I went to. It went to his 529. It didn't go into, into uh, any of my investment accounts, but it's still, you know, an investment is an investment. So 5,500 went there. And then I have, like I said, I have another 10,000, I think they have 10,500 waiting to be cleared on the sixth. Um, and then I'll put that money to work on the sixth, hopefully get that into the 529. And then the 529 should be at that point, uh, sitting roughly at 18,500, depending on market conditions. Um, and then I'll look to do another 1500 in there to just, I want to get the balance to 20,000. I don't care if the next day the balance goes to 19. I just want to see the balance at 20. Once I know the balance is at 20, I'm going to leave that thing alone. And, and like I've mentioned in my YouTube video, uh, I'm going to let that thing run for the next 18 years for college. That way I don't have to worry about his college. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, kind of what's been going on with the fidelity side. It, you know, a tough month in September, uh, lost 5,600 bucks and I deposited 5,500 to make up for it. Um, so I encourage you guys to do the same if you can, if, if some of you who have maybe smaller portfolios, let's say you have a $20,000 portfolio and let's say you lost 500 bucks or lost a thousand bucks, um, try to get a thousand bucks back in. Um, sometimes that helps me as well. You know, I hate to see, like I said, I hate to see the balance keep going down. And if you guys watch my YouTube videos, you'll probably notice, uh, that every time I do a portfolio update, I do it every month, but every time I do a portfolio update, my balance on my account is usually bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's not necessarily from market gains. I mean, so far this past, uh, actually, let me see what's been year to date. So far year to date, I've made 3,500 in the market. That's it. Um, most of that uh, balance growing has been my deposits. Uh, year to date, I've done $99,300 in deposits. So um, yeah, that's how I like to operate. I like to get money in, um, especially when it's red and it makes me feel better to see the balances going up. Um, and when in doubt, I just zoom out and I look at the bigger picture and I say, oh, okay, well, you know, this year I still made 3,500 bucks in the market. Um, and then lifetime, my portfolio has made $10,315 since, uh, basically September of 2019. So it, you know, okay, I got 10,000 I wouldn't have had if I didn't invest this money. So I kind of talk myself uh, into a lot of different ways to make myself feel better. Um, just like you, I'm a human being. I have emotions, but I, when it comes to investing, I try to keep the emotions uh, out of it as, as best as I can. And I always like to be an optimist and not a pessimist. Um, in, in anything really in life, I like to be an optimist. But I don't. I don't want um, uh, bad negativity or pes pessimism in in my investing uh, thought process because then it'll make me make some decisions decisions that I think I'm going to regret. So um, that's how I like to look at it. Zoom out when in doubt. 
you should still be, you know, if, if you've been investing in the market in the last two years, um, you're going to be in the green unless you picked some of the worst investments. I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't be in the green, right? Because the market last year had a positive 18% return. This year, it's got a positive 16% return. So you got to be in the green, right? Like you just have to be. Um, uh, so that's the way I kind of uh, uh, talk myself through it. And then maybe next year, you know, we'll see a big correction of 15 or 20% because eventually, like I've shared in, in videos past, uh, those do happen, uh, those 10 to 15% corrections. Now, the 20 and 30% corrections are more rare, but the 10 to 15 are not as rare, and we're kind of overdue for one. They kind of happen every three and a half or four years, and uh, I, I know we had one in March of 2020, but that was super quick, um, so don't don't be afraid. If that happens, just kind of uh, do what you can to get more money in. And and trust me, that money that you get in, like this five thousand five hundred that I deposited this September, uh, it's it's gonna go a long, long way to uh, uh, to making this um, uh, this uh, account grow. So it's it's like okay, well, I just put in five thousand five hundred while the market's down five percent. So then once the market recovers that five percent right away, I'm gonna have an easy you know five hundred bucks uh, gain on, on my portfolio, if not more. So that's another way to look at it. It's like, okay, as the market's going down, I'm going to try to match how much I lose. It's not always possible. Like in March of 2020, I was bleeding <laughs> badly. And uh, again, no tourniquet. You just want to get more money in to, you want to get new, uh, is it white or red blood cells? I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but you want to get more blood cells into the portfolio to, to help you make more blood to hopefully stop the bleeding. And I think it's white blood cells that, that stop the cut. I don't know. But what I'm trying to get at is you want to get new fresh money in while the market's going down. And that new fresh money then goes to work. And then when the market recovers or goes up again, that fresh money actually makes a bigger difference in your portfolio than if you would have done nothing. Or if you would have sold out or something like that, then you're really hurting yourself because you're locking in the losses Unless you're like tax loss harvesting or something like that. That's different. Um, anyways, that's it. I don't want to keep rambling too much. I just wanted to do a quick uh, stock market update uh, in this podcast episode. I want to do a quick portfolio update uh, as well as the video again will be coming tomorrow with the full portfolio and I'll be going into all the holdings that I do and all the accounts and stuff like, and all the other uh, things associated with the Fidelity portfolio. And then I'll probably do again later this week. I want to do one more video with the top five. Um, I think this will be the last podcast for the week, unless I find some time somewhere in between to record one. I really don't have a lot new stuff to report from my personal finance side. It's like, I don't want to, uh, be like a broken record and just say the same things over and over again. But, you know, I thought it was important to come on here and acknowledge it's been a tough September for the market. Um, and you guys probably see some red in your portfolio. I just want to tell you, it's okay. Take a breath, relax. And then I want to be fully transparent and show you, Hey, here, I lost, you know, 5,500 in September too. I'm not exempt from this, uh, especially us index investors that track the market. We do just as well as the market in good days and, 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 and in bad days as well. So take a chill pill, relax, breathe, turn off your portfolio, turn off the news. Also guys, pick up a book, please. Uh, stop, you know, watching TV or social media, uh, uh, all that stuff's bad for you. Pick up a book, read a book. It doesn't have to be a personal finance book. Read any subject that you're interested in. But, you know, 
get your mind, I think, uh, to to be more in in a critical thought process and not so much in a in a consumption process. Like it, when you're just watching TV or or financial news or YouTube, uh, um, you're you're consuming that information, but you're not really uh, using critical thought to to come come up with your own conclusions. Versus when you read a book, for example. Um, Right now, I'm reading uh, Bogle's second book, uh, Bogle on Mutual Funds, and it's like, okay, I I read a chapter, and then I go out, and I try to apply uh, the knowledge, the new gain knowledge that I get, and, and I've read that book before. It's my third time, second, no, it's my second time rereading it now, but um, I try to reapply the knowledge, try to keep my mind fresh. I don't like to just be like a... Uh, a robot that's just like watching TV and and just consuming stuff. I like to actually apply my mind and 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 critically think things through. And um, it makes me one. It makes me a better investor. But two, I think it also makes me a well-rounded individual that can kind of see the bigger picture. Um, and I'm not so much consumed by the uh the stuff that's going on right now like immediately this is happening and a lot of people are consumed by it and i have the um ability to kind of zoom out and say oh this is normal this is nothing this is whatever um and again it takes time i i was two years ago i was not like this two years ago i would probably be freaking out right now uh, two years ago, if I would have lost $5,000, that would be my whole portfolio. <laughs> so yeah, I would be freaking out right now. But, um, you know, now it's like, okay, well, it's $5,000. It's fine. It's, and that's just my account. Um, I think I just, uh, I haven't had time to add up all the other, my wife's 401k Roth IRA and all that, but I would say the losses for the month of September are closer to fifteen or $16,000 because we have a total, uh, as of the beginning of September, we had a total of $330,000, uh, I believe, uh, invest in the stock market. So I'll have to see, uh, just actually, I could do a quick math right now because most of it should be tracking the market. If we do 330000 times 0.0469%, yeah, $15,000 is what I lost in the month of September uh, overall. It's a lot of money, right? But it, it, it doesn't, again, it doesn't do anything for me. It's like, and cool. I lost $15,000. Let me try to get 15,000 back in. Like I said, I already made it up in my portfolio. I'm sure my wife's 401k, uh, we've been uh, aggressively funding that to get that to max out by the, by the end of the year. So we'll make it up back there. And, and it's just like, even if we don't, even if the market continues to crash, well, I'll find more ways to get more cash in and, and just let it do its thing, guys. Just relax, pick up a book, um, get your mind to think uh, critically and stop uh, stop trying to just you know be in the moment when it comes to investing. That's that's terrible for you. Uh, put it away. Put your phones away. Delete your apps. Um, all those things I found helpful. I don't have like um, a crystal ball where I can say you know next next month we'll have a green month. But hopefully you know October is a green month and and they'll make you guys feel better too. Um, I know some of us are hoping that it continues to go red, but uh, to to get more discounts and and to buy more while it's down. But either way, you know, just don't don't uh, make any decisions based off what happened this past month or based off what you think can happen. You know, I've had a lot of discussions with people too, uh, talking about interest rates, 
anytime there's like this potential of interest rates rising, uh, people freak out and they're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? You know, technology is going to crash. This is gonna, that's fine. Just relax. It's not the first rodeo. Like interest rates have gone up and down. Inflation's gone up and down. Uh, technology stocks have gone up and down. Stock market's gone up and down. This is all kind of part of the big machine that, that moves the economies. And um, the funny part is like, I'm sure there was parts last year. Uh, I'll have to look it up. I don't know when, but I'm sure there was, you know, 4% corrections. And I'm sure you already forgot about them. Like, here, let me pull up the map of the S&P, not the map, the chart of the S&P 500. And I'm going to try to find a point last year that the S&P 500 went down. Let's see. Let's go to the one-year mark. Uh, Okay. Oh. That was easy enough. So last October, um, basically from October 12th to October 29th of 2020, the S&P 500 went down negative 6.34%. So less than a year ago, something worse than this happened. Um, we've also had some mini, mini, minor corrections. January of this year, uh, January 25th to January 29th, the market went down 4%. Um, and then also uh, in March, it went down 3.5%, March 1st to March 4th. Uh, and then in May, uh, May 7th to uh, May 12th, the market went down 4%. And also in July, uh, the market went down 2.88%, July 12th to July 19th. And then, um, of course, this more recent one in 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 September, where the market kind of uh, peaked out at four, uh, forty-five. Uh, let me see what the peak was. Uh, four thousand five hundred thirty-five was the peak, and it's down five percent from that peak of September third to October fourth. So, guys, this is common. It continues to happen. It's it's impossible for the market to always go up. But again. In the grand scheme of things, I just went over five different corrections that were very similar to this, you know, four or five percent drop. In the last year, there's been four or five of them. Perfectly normal. And, and if you zoom out even even further, like in the last five years, you can find crashes that were bigger than than that, like in uh, in in Q uh, four of twenty. Oh, not 2020, 2018, quarter four of 2018, the market went down like 13 or 12%. Um, so again, it's possible. Uh, prepare yourself for anything and, and don't make any any sudden changes based off a little tiny correction. Well, that's all I have for you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, let me actually, before I let you off the air, let me see if I have my phone with me. Let me see if there's any new reviews because um i usually like to read those reviews uh, that you guys leave on the apple podcast side i've kind of forgotten about that so i'm gonna go ahead and double check and see if if you guys left me a review and by the way this is a good time to plug this but if you want to leave me a rating and a review um oh yeah we got some here let's take a look but yeah if you want to leave me a rating and a review this is the only way that my podcast can get pushed and it's been getting pushed lately so thank you so much for you guys that are leaving the ratings and reviews but again if you want to leave them i will read them live on the air so we got a new one september 24th it's from east coast ghost ny he says hey monkey thanks again for all that you do 
I love your content so much and it has helped me gain so much knowledge on investing in personal finance. I recently got a reply from you on one of your YouTube videos and thought that was very impressive. Not a lot of guys do that. Uh, Jeopardy up the great work. Jeopardy Jeopardy. Geo party jeopardy up to great work. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Since I'm new to investing, just started a few months ago, maybe the beginning of this year. Uh, first, I was all in on hype stocks and trying to get rich quick, but thankfully I found you. I switched my strategy. I'm now going to continue to DCA into my Roth IRA at your 60 20 20 rate. I'd really like to hear your opinion on the Noble books. Which one should I read first? I think you're talking about the Bogle books. And in what order should I read them? I currently own Bogle on Mutual Funds, which is the first book correct. I would love some input or feedback on this topic. Thanks a bunch. Uh, that's funny. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for the review. That's funny that I think I mentioned the book today and I said you guys should read books. And in your uh, comment, you talk about the books. So I'll spend a little bit of time talking about John Bogle's books. So he has 10 books total. Um, that he he put out. So the first one is, you are correct, it's Bogle on Mutual Funds. Um, he wrote that book in 1993. Um, that book um, is not necessarily just about index funds. There are a few chapters dedicated to index funds, but that book is really a great book if you want to learn how the mutual fund industry works, uh, what things to look out for in mutual funds, how to pick mutual funds, how to pick bond mutual funds, how to pick money market mutual funds, how to pick equity mutual funds. It's all about mutual funds. So that's the first book he wrote in 1993. He wrote a second book, uh, which is the one I'm reading now, is Common Sense on Mutual Funds. He wrote that book in 1999. Um, and that book uh, sort of parlays off of the first book, Bogle on Mutual Funds, but it's more about index funds. Um, it's more about, uh, I don't know, I feel like it's more about investing in general. It's not just like uh, picking apart mutual funds and, and how to look at metrics, but it's more about, okay, this is uh, the common sense stuff that you should do when it comes to investing. So that's the second book. Uh, the third book is John Bogle on investing. Uh, it's basically the 50 years. Uh, he wrote that in 2000, but it, it's uh, the first 50 years of his sort of uh, sort of investing journey. He talks about starting uh, Vanguard and, and all that good stuff. And then after that book, the uh, next book is Character Counts. That one was written in 2002. Um, and then after that is The Battle uh, for the Soul of Capitalism. That one was written in 2005. That's number five. Number six, which is probably his easiest read and his shortest book, is The Little Book of Common Sense Investing. That one is uh, written in 2007. Um, for any beginner investor, I think you guys should start here. Uh, the first book he wrote, Bogle on Mutual Funds, is a great book. But if you're a beginner investor, I think a lot of that stuff can go over your head. But the common sense, uh, the little book of common sense investing is written in such a way that if you're a beginner investor, and that's the first Bogle book I read, if you're a beginner investor and you know nothing, um, he breaks it down in terms that you can understand. And then later you can go and read some of these other books that I'm talking about. So that's the sixth book he wrote in 2008. This is another one of my favorites, not really a book about investing, but it's titled enough. Um, and it's, 
I mean, it is about investing, but it's about corporate greed. It's about when do you know that you have enough in life and what's enough in life. And, you know, Bogle, I think one of the reasons I idolize John Bogle is that he uh, founded Vanguard, which is one of the biggest um, investing firms out there, but he himself didn't uh, take in on those profits. He decided to share it uh, through low-cost uh, mutual funds and ETFs uh, and Vanguard offerings. And you know Charles Schwab and and the Johnson family that founded Fidelity. Um, anybody that founded these investment firms, they all became billionaires except John Bogle. Now John Bogle wasn't you know poor by any means. I think his net worth was estimated to be somewhere around $80 million. Uh, But he could have been a billionaire, but instead he chose the route of educating the uh, average investor and and looking out for the average investor and not having his firm not charge fees that took advantage of the average investor. Basically, the firm was designed to cover costs. Everything else went back to the mutual fund owners, which was us investors. So that book, Enough, is is more about just kind of life principles, but I love that book. Um, definitely recommend it, not as a you know investing book, but uh, a, a definitely a good read. And then his next book was written in 2010. It's called Don't Count On It. Um, that book, I don't remember um, much about it. I do remember he talks more about like the, the capitalistic side of mutual funds in that book, but... Uh, I'll have to reread it again to to kind of you know remember the big takeaways from it, um, and then from that uh, is the Clash of Cultures, written in two thousand and twelve. Um, this book I listened to the audio version. I didn't read it, but I did order a hard copy, and I do have it. So definitely want to want to read it myself. Uh, the audio book was was great, but it was kind of stuff I'd listen to at night and it would put me to sleep. But um, it just talks about investment versus speculation, right and uh, something that I talked about right now in this episode was, hey, don't us, uh, you know, worry about what happened last month. If you do, that's speculation. Worry about investing. What's going to happen in the next thirty months or thirty years? Uh, so that that's a great book. And, and then the last book he wrote uh, before his passing, he passed in January of of twenty nineteen. But the last last book he wrote was Stay the Course. Um, this is basically the full story of how he created Vanguard and how the index or how the index revolution started. He, and that, uh, unfortunately is the last book from him, but that's all 10 of, uh, Jack Bogle's books, uh, or John Bogle's books. Um, if you want to read them in order, that's fine. You can skip ahead. I didn't read them in order. I'm going back now and rereading them in order just to see if that makes any difference. You know, when you read so much, uh, I try to dedicate, at a very minimum, um, somewhere around, I don't know, 20 hours a week to reading. And when you read as much as I do, you kind of, a lot of, you, you can only store so much information in your head, right? So it's good to go back and reread. So I do like to go back and reread. And when you reread, you kind of pick up on new things as well. So I'm going back now and rereading them in order. So I'm on book two. Um, I'm gonna, I'm going to warn you, these are big, big books. Um, they're not quick reads. It's not like something you're going to read in, in a few days. Sometimes uh, it, it can take you a few months if you don't have a lot of time. Uh, I know the, um, uh, what's that book? Uh, is it Character Count? No. Let me go back to here. There was one book that was like 600 pages. Uh, oh, it's the it's the the John, the John Vogel uh, on investing book. It's like 600 pages. So just be ready, you know, be ready to, to, to read and um 
these books can teach you everything you need to know. You don't ever have to watch another one of my videos or listen to another one of my podcasts. So uh, again, thank you so much for the for the leaving the rating and the review. I really appreciate it. And you guys want to do the same. I really would uh, appreciate it and it helps me out. All right, that's all I have on this episode number 36. You guys take care. Have a great weekend. And as always, remember, move obstacles, keep investing. Thank <laughs> you.